Valeria Pastor, alumni of this great uh, institution myself. Uh, I have a brick somewhere over there, I think, so I really like it. I love coming down here. And uh, let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord, it's good to be here, good to be gathered with friends, uh, back with our family uh, here at this campus. I pray that you would uh, set us off on the right foot as we study your word and learn a little bit more about you and about your grace and your mercy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I used to say it a lot when I was a kid. I would say it out loud all the time. As I've gotten older, I don't say it quite as much, but I think it all the time. It's not fair. I say that just in my head because I know that if I say it out loud, someone, of course, is going to respond to me saying, of course life's not fair. We say it for so many different reasons. Lion fans. (laughs) It's not fair. That was past interference. Stupid cowboys. It's not fair. I don't want to be back on campus quite yet. I need another week of vacation. I heard it uh, all last night. <laughs> amen. Did someone just amen me? <laughs> you are awesome. <laughs> I'm used to amens, but not at that particular location. <laughs> last night, I was had a bunch of youth over at our house, and we were teasing them because my kids have another week off of school, go Orange Unified School District. So today, I get to go to Disneyland while you go to classes. And of course, now, what are you thinking? Well, that's not fair. No, it's not fair. Life's not fair. It's It's not fair when an alumni dies or a student dies. I'm sure families say it's it's not fair. I lost them too soon. We cry this out in so many different ways. We really do. Currently, my church is studying through the book of Numbers, and I came across uh, some stuff in Numbers 14. It really started to disturb me the more I looked into it. Now, if you know the story of the book of Numbers, it's really cool. In Numbers 14, uh, they had just finished out the scouting process. Remember the song, right? Uh, Twelve men went to spy on Canaan. Ten were bad and two were good. What did they see when they spied on Canaan? Ten were bad and two were good. Some saw giants, big and tall. Some saw great disasters fall. Some saw God was in it all. Ten were bad and two were good. Right? It's a great song. This is their entering into the promised land. God said, I've got a land flowing with milk and honey. Sounds sticky, but that's okay. Go into it. They walked into the land. They came back with grapes. Grapes so large, it took two people with a stick between them to carry a cluster of grapes. I'm wondering if a great wine party happened after that. They get back and these 12, we call them spies, scouts, whatever you want to call them. They gathered everyone together in the 10 of them started out, I can't believe this, this is not good, this is not wise, we should not go into this group. The people are there are giants, they are large, they will squash us like the cockroaches we are. We cannot go into, but there's two people, two people. Remember the two people? Joshua and Caleb. Joshua, son of Nun, so we know he's a Catholic orphan. <laughs> that was two jokes in one, can you, Yes. Thank you. Uh, Joshua, son of Nun, and then this other kid named Caleb. Two guys that said, no, 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 we can do this. If we get the right we. Everyone else is saying, we can't do this. And if your we is just you and me, then our we is insufficient. But Joshua and Caleb said, no, the we is bigger. The we includes you, me, and the Trinity. I'm trying to rhyme here. Uh, We can do this because God has already claimed that we can do it. And so 
There's this big brouhaha. People are wondering what should we do, and finally the decision was made. We, I don't think we can go. I don't think this is wise. I don't think we should enter in, and then in comes God. And he says, I'm sorry that you have made this choice. So because of this choice that you have made, you're going to take 40 laps around the Sinai Peninsula for me, and all of you are going to be punished for it. And it says it, Numbers 14, uh, 38, of the men who went to explore the land, only Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, survived. As they wandered throughout the wilderness, God says, I'm going to wean you out. I'm going to take you down. I want faithful people to enter my land. You guys don't want to do it. Fine. You can be out there in the desert and that's where you will perish. And as you return then, only Joshua and only Caleb are going to be the two that are going to survive to be able to go into the promised land. And I'm thinking to myself, if I were Joshua and Caleb, I would be crying foul. We have to do what? Wait, we, we have to, wait, these were the faithless people. We actually said we should go and take it. We have all the faith, but you're going to punish us along with these people? I always hated it when I was a kid and was out for sports teams, right? Because what do you do if a kid messes up on a sports team? The easiest way to take care of one individual kid is just punish the whole lot. And then... That kid realizes if I mess up, it's going to affect everyone else around me, and soon they start falling into line a little bit more. And I hated that because I would be the good kid. I am the good kid, and everyone else around me is messing up, and now I have to run laps. I used to play soccer. I know it doesn't look like it nowadays, but I used to. And boy, they would make us go up and down that field over and over and over again. And I'd be like, that's just not fair. I didn't do anything wrong. It's got to be how Joshua and Caleb feel. I'm, I'm curious as they're wandering through the wilderness, if they're saying stuff along the way, if they're looking at everyone as they're another mile through the wilderness going, yep, can't believe you guys did this. It's all your fault. I said we should go in. Kind of like my wife and I on a long trip. And she says, turn right here. And I go, no. And it's the wrong thing. And I hear it. You should have just listened to me. You should have just followed. And I just hear it. It's just how I'm sure Joshua and Caleb were. I would be angry. No one likes to be blamed for something they didn't do. There's even organizations out there who devote themselves to writing injustices that are out there. Probably the most notable one is this group called the Innocence Project. Have you ever heard of it? It, It's relatively famous. Their job is to use DNA evidence to clear people who are in jail who are there wrongfully, wrongfully imprisoned, accused of a crime they didn't commit. And through DNA evidence, they're able to finally clear their name. It was started uh, because of this lady. Her name was uh, Kelly, uh, sorry, Betty Ann Waters. And her brother, Kenny, was accused of a crime. And he's like, I didn't do it. And she devoted herself. She put herself through law school and devoted her life to proving that her brother was innocent. And after years of fighting, it finally worked. I have a short little snippet of a video of their release and what happened afterwards. 
This morning, for the first time in 19 years, Kenneth Waters did not wake up behind bars. I think it's absolutely amazing that she's dedicated her life to this. It's been all 19 years, and uh, my whole family suffered unbelievable. And we all love you. And uh, we're all <coughs> just happy. I'll never forget the feeling of walking out the doors into the air with him with me and jumping into a cab. It was just, uh, I can't explain that feeling. It was, and I kept looking at him like, is this real? It didn't feel real. His, his months of freedom were fabulous. He was so happy. We did all the morning shows. That's the first thing we did was fly to New York the first night he was out, and he slept in a big king-size bed, and uh, we had room service. He ate two steak dinners. He ate mine and his. Kenneth, you, you woke up without bars around you this morning. What was it like? Oh, it's another world. It's, it's unbelievable how it, things just change overnight. Betty Ann herself. It's crazy to think about, well, I don't know, what would that have been like? To be behind bars for years for a crime you didn't commit. I wrote down stats. is on the Innocence website. The average uh, sentence for someone that they have freed is 13.6 years. 13.6 years of sitting in a prison, being accused of something you didn't commit, and waiting to finally have DNA evidence clear you. 50% of the cases when they finally free the person... They catch the real perpetrator 50% of the times. So not only do they free the wrong man that had been in prison, but they actually catch the right man. And there has been, since, uh, since Innocence Projects has started, 325 DNA exonerations. 325. Astounding. I know a case. I, I read about it. Shares name with guy in our Bible story. His name was Joshua. He too was convicted of a crime he did not commit. At the trial, there was a bunch of false witnesses that stepped forward and started lying about this guy and what he had done. Sadly, this was long before DNA evidence could help anyone in any situation, and before this man's innocence could be declared, they went ahead and executed him. The Innocence Project even shares that 20 people that they had finally cleared were already sentenced to death and died. So this gentleman also didn't have an opportunity to be cleared. But we found out later on that he was actually innocent of the crimes, and they found the DNA of the person who had committed the crime. And it was my DNA. And it was your DNA. It was the DNA of the whole world. The man, maybe you wouldn't know him by his Hebrew name, Joshua, but you may know him by his other name, Jesus, who was sentenced to die and at the hands of his captors was completely violated. Yet he had done absolutely nothing wrong. He was innocent of all the charges. And yet they still executed him.
And we come to find out that the one really responsible for the crime is you and me. We did it. So I must admit, for me nowadays, I try not to cry out, it's not fair. <laughs> because I know it's not fair. And part of me is thankful that it's not fair. Because I deserved so much worse than what God is giving me. I deserve terrible things. But God, in his grace, in his mercy, in his love, looks down on me and says, you're forgiven. And I love you, even though you don't deserve it. I do it because of the one who was convicted, who was put to death. And that was Jesus Christ. I pray that as you go through life wondering sometimes it's not fair and sometimes they're innocuous things like you didn't get enough food at the Grimm Center or they ran out of grilled cheese or your professors are mean people and they gave you a bad grade or if your students are terrible and they give you heartache, you might cry out, it's just not fair. It's okay. You're right. It's not fair. It wasn't fair for Joshua and Caleb to wander around all those years, even though they'd done nothing wrong, and it wasn't fair for Jesus as well. But I'm thankful that sometimes life's not fair. Let's pray, and in our prayers, we'll also remember two uh, people connected to Concordia, alumni Tyler Stewart and student Ali Walsh, who passed away. Let's pray. Lord, Um, not fair. I know so many times in my life I've thought it or felt it or wanted to get away from it or cried out for injustice. And I see things like the Innocence Project and I can't even fathom what it must be like to sit 13.6 years in jail for a crime that, that they didn't commit. And I realize that what I deserve is so much worse than what you give me. And in this great exchange, you provided me salvation when I deserve damnation. Lord, we pray for uh, students, especially the family of Tyler and the family of Allie. I'm sure they are crying out. It's not fair. We thank you for faith that you give us so that even in the midst of life's greatest tragedy, we have hope to hold on to. Hope of the resurrection. And I pray for these students as they return to class. I pray for their teachers as they return to their craft, for all the administration that's here. We pray nothing but your blessing upon this institution, upon the people here. May they continue to grow in faith, being strengthened, and as they impact this world, they would impact it for you and for your glory. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.